0: Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Samuel chapter 19 from the World English Bible. Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan Saul's son greatly delighted in David. Jonathan told David saying, "Saul my father seeks to kill you. Now therefore, please take care of yourself in the morning and live in a secret place and hide yourself." I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will talk with my father about you, and if I see anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke good of David to Saul his father and said to him, Don't let the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good toward you. For he put his life in his hand and struck the Philistine— And Yahweh worked a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why, then, will you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As Yahweh lives, he shall not be put to death. Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. There was war again. David went out and fought with the Philistines and killed them with a great slaughter, and they fled before him. An evil spirit from Yahweh was on Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing with his hand. Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence and he stuck the spear into the wall. David fled and escaped that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, If you don't save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michal let David down through the window. He went away, fled, and escaped. Michal took the teraphim and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair at its head and covered it with clothes. When Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Saul sent the messengers to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. When the messengers came in, behold, the teraphim was in the bed, with the pillow of goat's hair at its head. Saul said to Michal, Why have you deceived me like this, and let my enemy go, so that he has escaped? Michal answered Saul. He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? Now David fled and escaped and came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. He and Samuel went and lived in Neioth. Saul was told, saying, Behold, David is at Neioth in Ramah. Saul sent messengers to seize David, and when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as head over them, God's Spirit came on Saul's messengers, and they also prophesied. When Saul was told, he sent other messengers, and they also prophesied. Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they also prophesied. Then he also went to Ramah, and came to the great well that is in Seku, and he asked, Where are Samuel and David? One said, Behold, they are at Naioth in Ramah. He went there to Naioth in Ramah. Then God's Spirit came on him also, and he went on and prophesied, until he came to Naioth in Ramah. He also stripped off his clothes, and he also prophesied before Samuel, and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets? That's the end of chapter 19. I think it's pretty obvious here that Jonathan did the right thing in disobeying both his father and his governmental leader, because the directive was very wrong. Being a king or a leader is never supposed to give such people the right to kill whenever they want to for their own benefit or consolidation of power. That's pretty clear biblically, and that's why Saul wanted to kill David. But Jonathan not only doesn't follow orders, he went against the orders by helping David. And then he was also an advocate for David. He reminded his father of what was true and good and he appealed to his father's conscience. So that worked that time. There was a temporary reconciliation or truce until David was victorious in battle again. This time around, Saul is just infuriated. He's much more obvious and undeterred. He has totally given himself over to his passionate anger. Now recall that David's wife is Saul's daughter, and she has apparently either heard things through the grapevine heard or overheard something herself, or knows her father's temper far too well, because her warning to David is spot on. In this translation, it uses the word teraphim to describe what she put in the bed to pretend like David was there, and that might not make it clear that this means household idols. There seem to be some varied opinions about just what these household idols were Uh, The note at the bottom of the page in the World English Bible says that they might have been associated with deeds to property. There are three main places that I found where this same term shows up. One is in Genesis chapter 31, where we find that Rachel has actually stolen her father's household idols, and he is pretty intent on getting them back, but she lies and he doesn't get them. But it doesn't really explain anything else there. Another place is in Judges, where we have the story of um, the household idols that are really set up to be worshipped. So that's pretty clear that that's wrong. That's the story we read in Judges chapter 18 and the last major one that i found is in second kings chapter 23 specifically verse 24 and in this one it makes it pretty clear that at least during this time period that this was thought of as an abomination when king josiah finds the book of the law and finds out all the things that israel has been doing wrong this is one of the things that he cleans up he gets totally rid of and so the implication there is that At least by the time of the judges, people were already worshiping them in ways they shouldn't have been, and certainly by the time of King Josiah, these were being worshiped instead of God. So then you have David escaping to go to Samuel to get help, and Saul trying to get him. And three times, God's Holy Spirit intervenes to make it clear to Saul that he should not attempt this. And then Saul doesn't listen to that, and he goes after him himself, and even then Saul gets a special dispensation, if you will, of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. At this point, I remembered that we had read a couple of chapters ago, and it ends up specifically being 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 35, where it says that Samuel came no more to see Saul. So keep in mind here that even though Saul is seeing Samuel and Samuel is seeing Saul, it's not because Samuel came. For Samuel to have come to see Saul would have been because God sent him or as a sign of support, so that's why he didn't come anymore. But here Saul is in Samuel's company because Saul has hunted them down. The Holy Spirit coming on Saul here seems to be an example that even people who don't believe God, don't want to follow him. When the presence of God comes on them, becomes apparent to them, they cannot help but praise him. So what is Saul's reaction to that? He strips himself of his kingly clothes, which means he divested himself of rank and honor, which would be a totally appropriate response to God's presence. As far as the translation that says he was naked, uh, if you read David Guzik's commentary on this, he says the Hebrew word probably just means the outer clothing. And then when it uses the term he lay down, I don't think he was napping. I think he was prostrate the way you are in worship before the living God, whom Samuel represented. And then you have that same saying that we heard about earlier when Saul prophesied. From beginning to end, everyone seems to be surprised when Saul has any appearance of worshiping or following God. That's not a good sign. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.